Welcome to the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show. We are your hosts. I'm Emily Valentine from Style Me Tactical. And I'm Amy Robbins from Alexa Athletica. We are a lifestyle show meant to empower women to live confident, prepared, and self-reliant lives. We talk everything from our favorite beauty products to concealed carry firearms and everything in between. We bring guests on our show with compelling stories that will inspire and encourage you in your journey. Now, you can not only listen to the audio, part of the Concealed Carry Network on your favorite podcast streaming service, but you can also watch our show by going to OpsLens.com or downloading the OpsLens app. This episode is brought to you by StalmyTactical.com, a lifestyle website sharing concealed carry tips, outfits, and preparedness advice, and Alexo Athletica, the first active carry wear line on the market keeping women safe and stylish. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. We're so excited to be here. How are you, Amy? Doing fantastic, Emily. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So we're doing things a little bit differently this week. Maybe not differently. Let's say we're taking it back old school. So for those of you who've been listening in, you know that we have been doing a little combo of the podcast and have teamed up with Ops Lens Media. And you can now watch us, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. It's a little bit more effort on our parts to actually get ready and be ready to be on camera versus just hearing our voices on the radio. Uh, but it's really exciting. And thank you to everyone that has been tuning in to watch the show. Don't worry. The podcast is not going anywhere. We have been getting a lot of questions about that. And no, as of right now, we are still sticking with the podcast on the Consult Carry Network. So if you're in your car, you got a road trip and you want to listen to the podcast, You've got that option. If you want to see what shoes Emily is wearing this week, you also have that option to go and check that out as well <laughs> on Ops Lens Media. You can go to their website or download the Ops Lens app to watch it as well. No, there's, there's so many um, different places you can get us now. So you people yeah. are going to of not your average gun girls. Well, and it gives us so much opportunity to do yes. some things that we've been wanting to right. do that are very difficult to do on a podcast because you can't see what we're talking about. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And I think everyone will be really excited once we start getting, you know, that rolled out. We're still in the beginning phases Figuring it all out, learning, you know, there's some kinks in the road as always, but I think once we get through and kind of get things the way that we want them and start adding the other, I guess, special features, I'll yeah, say. I'm excited. So I think going to uh, take it to another level that I think people are really going to enjoy. So, well, t- speaking of taking it to another level, you and I have some big Whoa. things going on. How in the world are your shirt sales going? Um, yeah, for those that don't know, the Stami shop opened back up about a week and a half ago, Woo-hoo! released two new awesome items. And let me tell you, Amy, I don't know how you do it with Alexo because it's, that's a whole beast in its own, but you know, I have had these designs for, for a while because it's been something that's part of that's been part of the Stami tactical goal is that I wanted to release, you know, some fun kitschy shirts. And really what uh took a long time to release them, my high expectations that I have on t-shirts. <laughs> the amount of t-shirts that came in and out of my living room that were not good enough um is just Ridiculous. I just cannot believe how many different variations and 
and just fabrics and all those things that come into play. And I'm just like, no, this isn't soft enough. This isn't going to do. If I wouldn't wear it, I'm not going to sell it. It's it's insane. So I, I'm really happy with the shirts that we picked out there. Designed and made in the USA. They are super, super soft, super comfy. They wear really well. And so I'm just, I'm really excited about Well, that. and I love them because it's, so I, the gun vibes only, I, I got two of those shirts actually. Um, and oh. I, well, I love them, but I love the cut of them. They look so good. They, it's just a really good tank top. It's hard for me to find tank tops that I like and the, the cut of them and everything about it, even down to the detail, you thought of everything. They are so cute. Um, I just, th- these things are going to, if you're not already sold out of them by now, they're going, I, they're going fast. I'm actually quite surprised. Um, well, and another thing too, I love what you did and we've been kind of doing this too. You know, people's inboxes get flooded with really annoying newsletters and (laughs) sometimes it pays to be on a newsletter list because, you know, you let your subscribers shop the SMT store first. We've Mm -hmm. done that with Alexa in the past. So we've always made a promise that we're not going to flood your inbox with things you don't want to hear. You want to open your inbox. So make sure you have signed up for the Style Me Tactical uh, newsletter and the Alexa newsletter. That's the key with like, especially with uh, Stommy Tactical, you know, I do, I try to put out blog posts a couple times a week. So I try not to be like too over the top with the, with the newsletters. You get the newsletter that is when a new post hits. And then of course, SMT subscribers always get to shop first. And not only do they get to shop first, they usually get a discount. Woo! We Um, all like a good sale. Pretty excited about the two shirts. So as Amy said, the first one is like a muscle style tee tank top and it says gun vibes only on it. And then the second one is like a crew neck, like slim fit tee that says shoot more of what makes you happy. And you also, I've also made that one for men. That is awesome. Well, be ready for when you wear these shirts, ladies, to give an answer to what in the world is on your shirt. I get stuffed all of the time while I am wearing mine around mm-hmm. Dallas. I am now affectionately known affectionately known as the gun girl at my local coffee shop. Uh, I know. I was there to experience that. And it well, was- I wore it again that weekend to brunch and new baristas were in town and they were really young, you know, these really cute young guys and girls. And they looked at my shirt like you could tell they thought it said good vibes only. And then they did a double take and they go, OK, you have to tell me what in the world is your shirt all about? Exactly. And it gave me an awesome opportunity to go into this lifestyle, Mm -hmm. what the second amendment means to me, why I choose firearms. I mean, it was, it was such a great segue in, into having a conversation. You know, these guys weren't being combative. They weren't being rude or anything like that. They were just curious as to why I had that on my shirt. And so be prepared for that and ready to answer questions. We want to start the conversation. We want you to be proud about uh, sharing and showing your uh, second amendment pride. So, you know, you guys can find them at stomitactical.com. Go get you one if there's still any left. They're adorable. I love them. Well, Um, we've we've had some big things. Just got back from Los Angeles this weekend. You know, every time I go out to Los Angeles, I it used to be I went to go to LA to have fun, and now it's all work, and I'm more exhausted when I get back from LA than I was before I went. But we had a fantastic photo shoot this weekend. We are gearing up, ladies, to launch and make a massive announcement um, coming August, in August sometime. I'm not going to give you an exact date and then us 
have some issues with manufacturing or something. But in August is when we're shooting to announce something really big. We realized over the last couple of years that we had a lot of diverse needs within this community of Alexa women. So we know that there's a lot of women who do have their license to carry. They live in states that are friendly for that and they're comfortable with it. But then we've also realized that there are women, a lot of women who are, have not yet made that decision for uh, concealed carry, but they want to keep other tools on their body. So they may not necessarily have the need for all the pockets that we have in Alexo. And so that led us to a big, um, not a, not a change in our direction at all, but we are expanding our line to in, be all inclusive for women who carry firearms, who don't carry firearms, for the younger girls that are coming into this community who aren't even of the age yet to be able to carry a firearm. So stay tuned for that because we are really excited to launch this new line and do it in collaboration with a really strong female who is a very strong Second Amendment advocate. She is very well known in these circles and we are just super excited. So oh stay tuned for that announcement that should be coming very soon. I can't wait till you announce it because well, I feel you. like I've been hearing about this and I'm so super excited for this. I'm so up, you know, sad that I couldn't be with you this weekend in LA to help kind of get all that stuff down. But you know, I had niece's graduation. I know. So kind of had to do all the family stuff, but it's going to be awesome. You guys, I've seen, you know, a sneak peek of this collection and um, oh my gosh, I'm a, I, <laughs> I hate using the word obsessed because it's, I feel like it's overly used and played out, but I mean, it's, I just, I just can't. It's that good. Well, thank you. We're very, very excited. And speaking of new things and and things we're obsessed with. Okay. I, Emily, if you've watched my, I know what you know, I, you know what I'm going to say, but if you've watched my store over the last couple of weeks for any amount of time, you have heard, you've heard me rave about this podcast that one of our awesome listeners actually recommended for me while I was on my road trip to Kansas. It's called Crime Junkie. And I'm excited about this podcast, not only because I am a huge true crime fan. I love any good, juicy crime story. But this one in particular, the way that these girls tell the stories and lay out all the facts of what happens in all of these crimes is, is not only entertaining, but it's very informative to me. And yes. it's very eye-opening to me. And I think the ones, obviously, for me that catch my attention are the ones that involve missing persons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially women uh, that involve the serial killers. I love the serial killer episodes. Oh as creepy as they are, and as much as they freak me out, it actually has been helping my myself situational awareness and my preparation every day when I leave the house. And so I think these really hit home for me because I don't want women to be paranoid. I don't want women to go listen to these crime junkie episodes and start to get uber paranoid about their surroundings and the world we live in. But what I hope it does is I hope that it sets in the reality of which we live in. And I was really thinking that, gosh, if one of these women would have had a self-defense tool on their body, something might be different mm-hmm. in these outcomes. And there was one episode in particular, I don't, and I know I sent you some of them. I was like, oh you have gosh. to listen to these, Emily. Well, one of the- In my text message that I well, one of One of the girls in one of these episodes for one of the serial killers actually at one point was able to get away from her attacker. But of course- it's a guy and he was faster than her. So he caught back up to her, tackled her to the ground and then 
hence, you know, subsequently was able to get her into the car at gunpoint. I mean, he had a tool, but she had nothing on her body and was not able to outrun him, wasn't able to fight him off. And of course, it ended very badly for her. But, you know, these anytime I hear true crime stories like this and this happening to women, it just reiterates why we do what we do. And, you know, this week we actually do not have a new show that is coming out with Ops Blends Media, but we wanted to take the opportunity to use this to get some of you who are just now joining the podcast to listen to an excellent episode that we did about a year ago. Right. When did, when, when did this episode air? Um, it was end of last year. Or no, middle of last year. I can't remember the exact date. I know that's so bad. But it was one of our earlier episodes, middle of last year. And I think one of the thing, one of the questions that we get asked, I think a lot, especially when we're talking about being prepared. And you know, people who are listening to this or knew this, you know, both you and I have decided that the firearm is our go-to tool of choice, and we understand that it's not everyone's. Uh, tool of choice. And you kind of have to make that decision on your own when you're going to get there and how you're going to get there. But when you do have a firearm and you are going to use it as your defense tool and you're going to be in those situations, you know, we get asked a lot, but, but when do we know when the right time is to pull it? When, when do we know when to draw? What are the, those are the things that I don't know if a lot of people actually think about until sort sure. of later or, or once they hear people talking about that. And so I think that's why this this episode when we had Jeff on is so important and something that I think that we can, you can always re-listen to because he, not only does he talk about, obviously, you know, one of the things that we, uh, you know, harp on is situational awareness. I mean, you can, we can't talk about that enough. We can't say those words enough. That's something that has to be practiced every day. But, you know, he talks about just the different times of when you want to draw your up and during, you know, different escalation times. And it gets you to really think just about if you're in a situation, putting yourself in different situations and kind of having like scenarios in your head of, oh, what would I do then? And what would I do sure. um, if, you know, this were to happen? I think one of the things that I remember from when we first talked to him was he was specifically, and I'm not going to give away like all the details, but I know that he was specifically had talked about like how many shots you actually will make when you're under that situation. And I know that you and I are both like, uh... Okay, so we need more training. We need just, it just kind of helps to bring more of that awareness um, sure. back, back into your mind, which I think is such, is such a great, great thing to always have. Because I think we get caught up in kind of like our everyday lives and we forget. And so bringing like things like this back in to say, okay, oh yeah, do I need to think about that is always helpful. So sure. we've got this episode. We're going to let that role. So we hope you enjoyed. And we also want to know before we go, you know, we want to hear your feedback on the video portion of the show and the podcast portion of the show. We want to hear, you know, what you guys are liking and if there's anything um, else that you guys have questions about, you know, we're, we're always here to answer those. You can always DM us and reach out, but you know, we just really want to thank you guys for the support because without your support, we wouldn't um, be able to take not your average gun girls to another level and exactly bring yep. you content. So it's something that we're, 
we're just so humbled about and, and we're just so appreciative. So we really, really thank you for your support and for listening. So we will um, let uh, Jeff take it away. <laughs> Before we get started, we just want to say thank you really quick to some of our sponsors. As you yes. know, we are having to now prep a little bit oh more for our shows. No longer do we get to show up in our workout clothes, pajamas, top knots, no, no makeup. makeup. You know, so this does take a little bit of extra work to get camera ready. Let me just tell you, ladies. Uh, So we want to say thank you to Rejuve Med Spa, who we have entrusted for all of our beauty needs. They do everything from our facial treatments, our laser hair removal, if we need a little Botox here and there, to just, you know, look refreshed on camera. They take care of all of that. So if you're in the area and you're in the Dallas area and you're looking for someone that you can trust your face and all of your beauty needs to, give Rejuve Med Spa a call because because they are fantastic and they will treat you right. Just let them know that Amy and Emily, the Not Your Average Gun Girls, sent you. And they, they are amazing. They, they are. are. The nicest. I love those girls. Well, it just sometimes makes you feel like, I feel like I look like I just slept for 10 years after I take a trip to yes. Rejuve Med Spa. Nice and nice and rejuved. Exactly. So, so you will. So we want to say thank you to Rejuve Med Spa. Give them a call. And also our buddies over at ETS, Elite Tactical Training System or Elite Tactical Systems. And what I love about them, you know, I just got my manicure done for our photo shoot last weekend. And I actually did the gel manicure this time. Mm. So it lasts a little bit longer, but all of us hate when you get that manicure and then you have to go get your practice time in at the range. And when you have to load your own magazines, not only do you get that pesky sore thumb from minutes and minutes of loading your magazines, but you also run the risk of ruining your manicure. Yeah, I and nobody wants to do chipped, that. Chipped I know. Thank you. No, I hate a chipped manicure. So I love the ETS speed loaders. I personally use them. I recommend them. They work the best when you use the ETS clear magazines and they've got these cool clear mags that you yes, can... They're pretty sleek looking. They're pretty sleek. Nice. You could almost use them as your decoration in your house if you wanted to, especially when they're loaded, they look kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But I love the ETS clear mags. They work great with the ETS mag loaders. So go check them out and you can save 10%. Our code is R. will save you 10% on your purchase. So hope you guys listen and get a lot out of this next segment with Jeff Houston. Take it away. How are you? How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Thank you for coming on. You know, we have, I've just felt extremely blessed with the caliber of guests that we have had on the show. Sure. I mean, how did we get the NRA Carry Guard Director of Operations and Lead Instructor on the show? How did you find time in your schedule to do this? You guys are just awesome. So I love helping. <laughs> in between his power lunches. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, before this, Jeff was telling us all about his wonderful day that he had and the lunches that he got to. He, hey, you can invite us anytime to go to Capitol Grill. Uh-huh. Medium rare filet mignon from Capitol Grill. It's like unbeatable. All right. Next time you're in. <laughs> Next time, and non- done. And, and uh, of course, nonstop stoli dolies because those things are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an NRA carry guard inside joke that I'm not privy to? <laughs> no, it's like they're like signature <laughs> cocktail. It's the best. <laughs> oh, at, at, at Capital Grill. You know, I don't even think I've had one of those before. So next time, we'll, it'll, it, we'll, we'll make it a thing. Yeah, next time. Well, you know, guys, you've probably heard us talk about Jeff because Emily gave us a great rundown when she went through the NRA carry guard training, uh, gosh, several months ago now at this point. Yeah. And she, you know, you said it was a truly life-changing experience for you. 
and recap that real quick for it was it was a great experience i mean what was your biggest takeaway from the course there was a lot of takeaways i think a few of the things that i really enjoyed were the scenario based training we did at the end but a lot of the movement drills that we did because it was something that i've never really done on my own um training that i've tried to do uh here i just go to the range and don't re- and kind of do just you know normal like I guess like shot placement drills, I guess is what you'd call them. But these like courses of fire were, you know, involved a lot more movement moving from, you know, five yards, 10 yards, 12 yards and, you know, on one knee. So my takeaway from that was just trying to get that kind of training and incorporating those, those types of courses into my daily, I guess, training at home. And it was, it was a great experience. One of your instructors, right? He was, he was one of the instructors and it was just an awesome I want to say it was like a week, maybe it was like three, four days of um, long hours. I'm sure he was ready to get rid of all of us ladies by the end of the week, but uh, he was a great instructor. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. It was a great group. And uh, we had different uh, variety of levels of student in the class. Um, everybody there was a you know pro 2A and, and firearms enthusiast, some people that carry uh, it was all women in that class, which was awesome because women typically learn faster and uh, better than men do. I'm just saying they tend to listen and actually do what we're uh, instructing them to do. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a fun class, a lot of laughs and uh, really great training. Well, so with the specific scenario based training or the training that these girls did last time, is this something that a beginner would get involved in? Would you go to that specific course or kind of break down for us what NRA carry guard courses do and how they work? Someone that wants to get involved and they're very beginner, where would they go? Yeah, good question. Uh, Well, we do have a variety of options for people right now in terms of the carry guard training programs. The the first program that people can go to is a basic uh, NRA carry guard basic. And that is designed for the person who already has their concealed handgun license and has taken some sort of a pistol fundamentals course, but they don't really know what their next steps are to get the proper training uh, for, for to better equip themselves to carry every day and defend themselves or their loved ones. So the carry guard basic is, is a basic course. It's a day and a half. Uh, we do teach holster draws, different ready positions, but we really focus on the fundamentals. And then after that, we have a three-day course. That's the intermediate course. And that's uh, a time where we introduce people to scenario training. So after uh, about two and a half days of training, we introduce people to scenario training. And we use UTM, Universal Training Munitions. Uh, we use blank rounds in that intermediate course. That's a course that uh, that's what Emily went through, and um, we do do scenarios in that course. It's really about a half a day of scenarios that we run people through, and we we highlight the decision making process. What tools can you put in your toolbox to help you process different scenarios and situations appropriately? How do you respond? You know, when does that gun gun come out of the holster, for example? Uh, when are you using verbal de escalation? Um, you know, hopefully you're just avoiding it altogether, right? We talk about that. Um, we also offer a standalone scenario training course, and we actually have one of those here in Dallas uh, on uh, a week from tomorrow. Hmm. So Nice. I'm so glad you brought up the you teach people when to draw their gun from the holster. This is something that we get asked 
all of the time. And I wanted to take, we could probably do this entire episode on that. Um, but okay, as the expert here, kind of give us when it's appropriate um, for somebody that's that's brand new to having their concealed carry license and they are a little on the fence about when to use it, when not to use it, what would you tell them? Yeah, it's a great question, Amy. And, and, and we get that question a lot in class. And I think we do a good job of breaking it down for people. And there is no just black and white answer. So uh, what, I, what I can do is give people some guidelines that will help them make that decision. And uh, I do want to front load this with the fact that I am not an attorney. Uh, (laughs) for people to understand because the laws are different state by state. Uh, But we have some general guidelines that will help people make the right decision. And one of the first things we talk about is ADRE, avoid, deescalate, retreat, engage. So before someone even thinks about, you know, okay, when do I pull the gun out of the holster? When do I not? Did you make an effort to avoid and de-escalate and retreat before you engaged. And that's not because you have to, it's just smart. It's smart to avoid a gunfight altogether rather than get in a gunfight, right? Mm -hmm. We all carry firearms so that we can protect ourselves, protect our loved ones or innocent third parties, but we, we don't want to walk around out there looking for the fight. Right. I think that's what people think gun owners for want sure. to do. Like they're they're walking around looking to shoot somebody. And the crazy thing is like, actually, you don't hear about that in the news. It's not the concealed carry license holders that are out there shooting everybody up, you know, and it's it, and I think people that are very anti-gun or anti-Second Amendment just have this idea that if we're all walking around with guns, we all can't wait to shoot somebody. That could not be further from the truth for the reason why I carry a firearm, (laughs) you know, so I'm glad you guys focus on that, but, but keep going. So what were you saying? Absolutely. You're right though. That's the furthest from the truth. I mean, concealed handgun permit holders and carriers statistically speaking have some of the lowest, uh, if not the lowest, you know, criminal uh, rates out there, right. Of conducting crimes. So, um, so yeah, I'm glad everybody accepts that, you know, you shouldn't be walking around looking for a fight. So you want to make an effort to avoid or de-escalate. When you can't avoid, you de-escalate. If you can't de-escalate, try to retreat. Uh, and if you can't retreat, then yeah, you're, you're prepared to draw your gun and use it. No one should be carrying a firearm if they haven't already made the decision that they are capable of using that firearm. Yeah. So, so before we teach people when to draw, we make sure they understand that avoid, de-escalate, retreat, engage. And then we also highlight the fact that um, – it's you're much better off if you already have the gun out of the holster. So we want you to be in some sort of a ready position other than the holster, if at all possible, meaning hopefully you had the time and the wherewithal to get your gun out of the holster and get it into, you know, kind of a low compressed ready, or the situation might dictate a different ready position. And that means you're not going straight from the holster to firing your gun because Let's face it, if you have to go straight from your holster to pulling the trigger as fast as you can, you're in a bad spot. Right. Yeah. You know, that's why we definitely have a big emphasis on mindset and situational awareness. People that are more observant are more likely to have the opportunity to actually get their gun out of concealment, whether it's on your waist, in an off-body carry, whatever it is. If you're aware of your surroundings and processing them, then hopefully you see a threat developing. You can't retreat. And you draw that gun out, maybe hopefully from behind cover or something, 
And then you're ready to use it at that point. And then you only need to use it, you know, uh, you only use it when you have to. Mm-hmm. So there's that component of it too. When, when possible, get the gun out of the holster early so that you're not having to go straight from the holster. So, um, and, and I know we're still, I'm just kind of working into, um, you know, when is it right and when is it wrong? You know, I'll give some very good examples. You know, when possible, get it out of the holster early. Now, you need to be cognizant of uh, the pros and cons of having that gun out of the holster. The pros there are definitely that it's quicker to engage a threat if the gun is already out of the holster. Some of the cons are what are the people processing around you? So what are people observing? Mm -hmm. What we want is we don't want somebody someone else maybe uh an overzealous concealed uh permit holder or an off-duty police officer or an on-duty officer coming around a corner for example after they heard gunfire and then they see us you know quote waving a gun around or something like that that's not that's not good optics you know and and we just don't know how much other training people have that may be seeing this so Hmm. while we do want the gun out of the holster for tactical reasons we need to be aware that okay, what are other people observing, you know, and am I going to become a target uh, because they are not processing information appropriately and accurately. So therefore, if that gun does come out, we do try to keep it, you know, more or less out of sight uh, from other people that may be observing. I don't want to be just out there flailing my gun around uh, haphazardly, right? (laughs) That's not showing control uh, (laughs) the firearm at all. Um, so, you know, now that we've covered kind of those two things, the, uh, you know, avoid de-escalate, retreat, engage, and also hopefully you're getting the gun out of the holster before you're just going straight to engagement. Um, let's kind of paint the picture for people on when it might be appropriate to actually point that gun on somebody. And for that, we've got another acronym that we use in the Carry Guard program, and that acronym is AIM, Ability, Intent, and Means. That helps people, again, with the decision-making process. Does this threat or perceived threat have the ability to do me you know, great bodily harm or cause death? Do they have the intent to do so? And do they have means to do so? And something that we, a a little just example that we give in class to help paint that picture and clarify that for people is imagine, imagine somebody that was, you know, 50, 60, 70 yards away from you and they've got a baseball bat in their hand and they're screaming at you. I'm going to knock your head off, right? (laughs) That's a lethal threat, right? So they're coming at you. Do they have the ability uh, well, no, they don't have the ability because they're 60 yards away and their weapon is a baseball bat. Do they have the intent? Is it, is it Lucille or is it just like a normal baseball bat? Yeah, <laughs> what kind of a baseball bat is it? Does it have a laser on it? Or, <laughs> yeah, what we call the totality of the circumstances. Yeah, yeah pe- people are picturing Lucille and a guy in a leather jacket, and, you know. It's good to paint that picture for people, you know. So, sure. you know, somebody coming at you, they have the intent. They, they tell you they have the intent to do so. And they have the means. They have a baseball bat. They have a means at which to fulfill their intent. But they don't have the ability because they are 50, 60, 70 yards away. Now, at some point, they are going to be close enough to where they have the ability to actually cause you harm with the bat. So, um, at 
at, at what point do they have that ability? Well, then we start turning to things like the Tuller drill, and we, there's a general rule of thumb that says 30 feet. If somebody's within 30 feet of you and they have you know a blade, for example, or a baseball bat, then they're able to move very quickly towards you, uh, perhaps before you have time to draw your gun out of the holster. So while most scenarios are not as simple and clean as this person is walking towards me with a baseball bat from 50 yards away screaming at me, it does help us start to process this this timeline, this sequence of events. So at some point, you mm-hmm. are going to draw draw your gun. But before you draw your gun in this circumstance, you might be putting your hand out in front of you and giving verbal commands saying, you know, freeze, don't come any closer. And you're, and you're, you know, so maybe your support hand gets put out in front of you saying stop. And your, your, your primary hand is going towards your firearm, clearing the cover garments, getting it, getting to your gun if it's an off body carry. And then at some point, if they show that they are not obeying your verbal and physical stop commands, then the gun comes out of the, out of the holster. It comes out of concealment. And it doesn't need to go straight on them at that point if they're still, you know, 50, 40 yards away. It can kind of come down in front of you into what we call a low ready or a compressed low ready position. And so now you're you are using a firearm. At this point, you are using a firearm, but we're not pulling the trigger. And this may de-escalate or stop that threat. So they might see a firearm and all of a sudden they change their mind. And if they don't show an immediate response, then at that point, I can maybe extend that gun out down towards the ground in front of them. And I can just then raise the gun up from the ground to their feet, to their pelvis, to their chest, gradually presenting to the target. And now I am pointed at the threat and my fingers off the trigger. And then they get closer. Now they're closing in inside that 30 feet. Now I can go to the trigger and continue to give verbal commands and eventually, if you have to, hold the trigger. And that that's about as clean as just an example that I can give for what the possible progression mm-hmm. might look like. Sure. Well, I, I think, I mean, just hearing you walk us through those steps puts at least 10,000 other scenarios in my mind. And I want right. to ask you a million questions like, well, what if they do this? And then they do this. And, you know, are you talking about someone that is in a wheelchair who doesn't have the ability to run? <laughs> I mean, like, yes, like there's a million questions. I, My biggest takeaway from just hearing that alone is get into a carry guard course because when you are when when you start to think about it and truly break down these scenarios and you put yourself in that I mean I think I think about it um from my standpoint as as a runner I'm like I'm always thinking about women going out and exercising by themselves and I to me I always feel like someone's going to either just come up on you from behind you or right. like if you're running and you have someone 70 yards away just turn around and run the other way you know like and so I, i'm like i think about these things but i guess i i've always kind of thought more about it of like okay well, what am i going to do if they jump out of the bushes and grab me or they pull up beside me very quickly with a car and they get out and try to grab you know like where, I think where about you it where you quickly. don't see that you don't see them coming and it's right. just like that basically right. like surprise attack. Yeah. And in a situation like that, where they've already advanced on you, you know, are you then justified in using that force? 
Yeah. And, and we'll talk through a couple of the scenarios that will help paint the picture for a, a much more dramatic event, such as you're describing there, where somebody's literally popping out and grabbing you. And that's, I mean, that's absolutely terrifying to think about, right? So I do want to just highlight again, in order to, we want to prevent getting in those situations at all costs. Obviously, that's not totally possible. Nobody wants to get grabbed and people get grabbed. So by we can do things to increase our situational awareness. You know, for example, if you are running and you're in a in a in an area that you feel you might be getting compromised or followed, make sure that you are not running with both headphones in, for example. You want yeah. to use all of your senses to increase your situational awareness. You want to start looking around, right? Periodically looking over your shoulder, noticing people who might have been running towards you and now they're running behind you. Little things like that to give you more awareness and buy you time. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, let's move on to another example. You know that you're talking about on. Okay, is it okay if we pull our gun out? You know, when you know we're getting out of a car and somebody comes out from behind my car, or they jump out of uh, you know some bushes when I was running. And um, there's one really a, a phrase that we use that I I highly encourage people to ask themselves before they ask someone, you know, like me or an instructor, you know, Hey, what if this, what if that? And it's pretty simple to think through and it's just what, would it be reasonable and necessary? In other words, if pulling your gun out on somebody in situation X, Y, Z, if you did that, would a normal person or group of people, for example, a jury of your peers, would they think your actions were reasonable and necessary? Not you, because let's face it, like no one cares what you think, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, no one's going to say, you know, believe you. To say, well, I thought it was reasonable. Well, that doesn't really matter, right? What does? What would a reasonable person think is reasonable? And so you need to approach it from that perspective. So if you if you put yourself in a what if situation, saying, okay, I'm jogging down a trail, and all of a sudden this guy comes out from in front of me. You know, he's, he's 10 yards away. He's moving very quickly towards me. Uh, he's showing aggression. Can I pull my gun out? Well, yeah. Would most people think that that's reasonable? A guy was hiding. He jumps out in front of you. He's reaching, he's spreading his arms out to attempt to grab you. Yeah. People are going to think that that's reasonable, but you know, you, you you have a, you you know, you're probably women are tend to be smaller than men. Right. Uh, but even if they're not, and they're coming at you, do you have the, any other ability to actually defend yourself against another human being that's attacking you? Not, probably not. You do have a yeah. firearm. You're trained. You're licensed. You can use that firearm when you are in fear for your life or great bodily injury. Again, I'm not an attorney and it varies state to state, but generally speaking, that would not be considered unreasonable to stop an attacker from actually physically grabbing you. Because let's face it, if you let somebody actually grab you, now drawing the firearm becomes a a very difficult thing to do. It may not even be the smartest thing to do at that point. So we don't want to let it get to that. We don't want to let it get to the point where we are actually now in a wrestling match with somebody before we draw our gun. No, no, I definitely don't. Well, and we talk a lot. I mean, I know the the knife is not necessarily part of your NRA carry guard training course, but we talk a lot about having multiple tools in your toolbox when it comes to self-defense because of situations like that. Like 
the firearm might not always be the best thing, or you might not be able to get to it just depending on what your situation is. And so, you know, we encourage women to have kind of multiple tools and and things to use, whether that's learn some boxing moves or learn, right. some, you know, like something. Because like you said, like if you are already grabbed, it's going to be really hard to get to your firearm. And if they come up from behind you, it's it's kind of hard to shoot from behind, you know? So it, I think that it's, it's important to learn what, learn a lot of different tools and mm-hmm. learn like what you're comfortable with, but just be proficient with whatever you decide to keep on your body. You need to be proficient and you need to start thinking through these scenarios. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Amy. Absolutely. We, we want a layered approach and I, you know, I own a concert, a security consulting business and whether we're talking with an individual about keeping them safe uh, at home or while they're traveling or whether we're talking to a business about how to keep something safe in, inside of a business, we always want layered approaches. We never want to just rely on any one thing. And at a minimum, you know, if you're, con- if you're concealing a firearm, you've got your mind and your firearm, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got a couple of, a couple things helping you, but of course you hit it on the head. We want as many options as we can reasonably have pepper spray, mm-hmm. taser, you know, maybe some people that have the proper training choose to carry a blade. There are, there are lots of options. Um, and I'll just say that if you do start exploring other options, especially, especially like the edged weapon category, make sure that you're getting the appropriate training for that because that does take a very specific and dedicated amount of training to get proficient in that. Um, something like pepper spray, much less so. You, you still need to understand how it works why, what can you actually expect out of it? And, uh, and, and so that your expectations are reasonable. And, um, you know, the great thing about pepper spray, just while we brought it up is that it's so easy to have in your hand. You can jog with it already mm-hmm. in your hand. You can walk out of the office building mm-hmm. with it in your hand and you don't look any different, right? No one's going to right. care. So accessibility is a huge topic that we cover, um, in our concealed handgun training classes in the carry guard program, because if you can't access your firearm, then it's not going to do you any good. And since, you know, our audience here is, is mostly, you know, women, uh, I'm, you know, thank goodness that there's clothing like your clothing line out there that allows women to carry on their body because a, a firearm on your body is more accessible than in your handbag. It doesn't mean that, you know, a gun in the handbag is a bad idea. It just it is less right. accessible. So, it, you know, if you're in a parking garage and, you, and somebody grabs you and your gun is in the bottom of your handbag or your purse, it's not going to do you much good there. Right. Especially if it goes flying or something off your body, then you've got no access to it. Well, I, I always thought, too, when I was running, um, when I was training for my marathon before I even like started Alexa, I was always thinking, OK, if. I visibly have a phone in my hand, right? Or something in my hand. And I don't know, someone did want to grab me and take me. They're going to take what they can see. Like, so if they see my phone, they're going to take it out of my hand. So it was always in my house like, ooh, but if I had a phone hidden somewhere in my body and they didn't even know I had it, that might give me a fighting chance to make a phone call real quick. Or like, So to me, concealability mm-hmm. is so important for to have multiple tools, multiple pockets and places on your body to conceal because then they don't know you have it. They can't go and and they're probably not going to go searching your body for a bunch of different tools to see if you're going to fight back, but you have it. 
and you know they just don't know that you have it. And you know, so to me, the more hands-free you can be to access whatever tool you have on your body, that's the most important thing. You know, well, too, and a lot of times, uh, uh, people aren't going to expect that women are walking around carrying a gun or concealing anything other than I think at the most, like they think pepper spray. Yeah. If even that, right. you know? Yeah. And use all those things to your advantage. The more, the more options you have at your disposal, the more concealed options you have, you know, the higher your odds of survivability may, may likely be, especially in a situation mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but yeah, just people need to think about, what is the, what is the best thing for you for your lifestyle in your purpose? Are you you know if you're running and you don't have Alexo pants, then you know your options might be more limited. So uh, I think it's really it's really great right now um, that people, especially in the female category, have have options nowadays that mm-hmm. were not around you know ten years. Yeah. So, uh, you know, definitely look, get out there, do your research, you know, and uh, check out, you know, the Alexa line and, and other other things and tools that are going to help you out to help you be more prepared because, you know, you hit it on the head. The more options you have, um, the more concealed options you have, the better off you're going to be. And uh, just so I'll, I'll kind of go back now and, and, and talk a little bit more about, you know, when can you draw and when can you not draw? Yeah. And the, the short of it is, you know, it's, you can probably draw earlier than you think, and and I say that because we've seen this in our in our scenario training courses in the carry guard program time and time again, and I've also seen this you know outside of carry guard and the, the years and years that I've been training citizens and law enforcement in other scenario training courses. It's a common theme: people wait too long to get their guns out, and. Uh, hmm. I would much rather people learn this in a class like the carry guard scenario class than, you know, learn it in real life when you're being attacked. So that's one of the reasons we do this type of stuff is if you're not exposed to it in training, you can't expect yourself to perform or just learn it on the spot. Right. If you're yeah. being attacked. And so we constantly see that people are hesitating. They hesitate, they hesitate, they hesitate. They let somebody encroach on their personal space And then by the time they decide to go for their gun, it's too late. That person can either grab them, which starts a wrestling match you don't want to be into, or the person is getting to them with a blade or pulling the trigger on a firearm they have. So uh, I think that in general, um, a lot of people end up, could end up drawing their firearms before they think they can. And just keep in mind that, you know, typically speaking, if you feel threatened for your life, or you feel like someone is about to bestow, you know, great bodily injury upon you, then you have the right to defend yourself with at least that much force, if not more, again, depending on the state that you're in. So, so they have to actually be showing aggression. It can't just be like a, you're in an elevator with someone creepy and you're getting a weird vibe and you're going into a parking garage. I mean, like, like, could you, is it, can you even, is it even possible to break down like a scenario where that might be okay to pull your, cause I know there's a lot of women when they're by themselves Mm -hmm. at nighttime walking, we always think about women walking by herself to a parking garage. Yes. Would it be great to always have a buddy system? Like that would be fantastic, but that's not reality, you know? And so, I mean, like, (laughs) 
can you be walking through the parking garage with your gun in your hand? Yeah, <laughs> I so mean, it's a great question. Let's talk through a couple different scenarios here. And then, um, and then let's go back to that elevator uh, scene as well. But we'll start, we'll start just parking garage or, or a street, right? It, a parking garage is kind of clean because there's usually limited avenues of escape. Um, but regardless, parking garage, street, alleyway, whatever it is, Absolutely, there are times where you can actually pull your gun out without them displaying some sort of a weapon, right? Um, and hmm. just think about it like this: you know, you're a, you know, just picture whatever. We'll say uh, an average, you know, woman. She's five foot three. You know, let's just say she, she's petite, so she's not overly physically capable. Because there's definitely some women out there that could beat me up. Um, (laughs) let's say that you know if you're not one of them you're just kind of your normal woman right you have limited limited physical abilities you're not an mma fighter on the weekends right and there is a you know six foot five 300 pound burly dude walking directly towards you in the parking garage all right so he's walking towards you you're walking towards him you see him and you decide okay i'm not going to continue to walk straight towards this guy. So I'm going to divert. I'm going to, I'm going to angle off to the right and try to go over to the next row of cars and just avoid this guy altogether. Right. And so as you're angling to walk, all of a sudden he changes his angle and he's changing his angle to intersect you at that point. While he has not displayed any deadly threat to you, he has Mm -hmm. displayed that he is tracking with you, right? Mm -hmm. He was tracking towards you. You made an effort to divert your path. He, he changed his path to match yours. So now it's reasonable to think that this person is trying to close the space on you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also reasonable to think that if this guy at six foot five, 300 pounds, it's also reasonable to think that if he does get close enough to you, that he can do, he could kill you right. without any weapons at all. Yeah. So. If you start thinking about things from that perspective, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, like, yeah, duh. Of course I could get my gun out because mm-hmm. that picture that I hopefully just painted, it hopefully it's black and white. Like, absolutely. I can now get my hand on my gun. I can get it out. And if this guy pops around that vehicle, you know, hopefully there's still a great distance between you. You can start giving verbal commands, right? Now, maybe you're not going to draw down on him right away unless you need to. But you can give verbal commands, say, stop, don't come any closer, you're making me uncomfortable. And you can yell, use profanity, do whatever you need to do to to try to take charge of that situation. And if they don't immediately stop, right, if they do not immediately stop in their tracks and basically throw their arms up and say, I'm sorry, then the next level of aggression for you is you're going to actually go from having the gun out and not pointed at them to having the gun pointed at them, you know, mm-hmm. your finger off the trigger until you actually need to. Right. And at this point in time, you are totally prepared to use that firearm, meaning actually pull the trigger. Uh, because if you're not prepared to pull the trigger, then you shouldn't be obviously pointing it at somebody and not just, right. you, sh- you need to be legally justified to also, you know, uh, pull the trigger if you're pointing a gun at somebody. And in this case, you know, you would be, you gave the command of stop, you're in an isolated environment. You have a huge physical disadvantage. You made an effort to divert. They countered that effort to divert. So yeah, it's reasonable at that point to go ahead and draw down uh, because they're moving in on you. And if they don't stop, then 
you know, you've given them fair warning, not that you had to legally, but you have, and that should give you the comfort level to make the decision that no, this person does want to do me harm. I'm going to go ahead and, and engage. And what about the people that say, well, can't I just shoot them in the leg? Like I don't really want to shoot to kill. Can't I just shoot to slow down? Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Andy. Uh, it's, you know, I think all three of us are laughing right now because you know, it's no, it's not okay to do that. All right. <laughs> it is uh, you don't want to do warning shots or just shoot them in the leg or just like if they're holding a gun, like shoot the gun out of their hand. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really good shot. Yeah. <laughs> so, you see that in the movies, but in real life. Yeah, real world is not like, like Hollywood portrays it. <laughs> uh, the reason we don't want to do that is because, first of all, legally – I have not come in, in. I have not encountered any law in any state that uh, that allows you to do a warning shot or a, sh- a non-lethal shot, as opposed to a lethal shot. So, so there is no distinction legally between shooting someone in the leg and shooting them mm-hmm. in the chest that I've discovered. And again, I'm not an attorney, but I've never come across that. So, you have to have the exact same amount of legal justification to shoot someone in the leg as you do to shoot them in the center of the chest. Right. And, and, and why should, and even so legal, legally justified uh, apart, let's say that people are morally wanting to ethically wanting to, well, I don't want to kill them. I just want to wound them. Well, don't carry a gun if you're not prepared to kill period. Right. Right. And don't shoot someone in the leg because it's just not reasonable to think that you actually could shoot them in the leg. <laughs> I'm not trying to be insulting to people's ability. No, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that most people miss most of the shots they take on target. Most shots do not hit their target, period. That's all across the board, citizens and law enforcement together. So it's unrealistic to think that you even would have the ability to to do that. I mean, you got to really think about this. They're moving. You're probably moving. Um you know, hopefully they're, you know, greater than, you know, they're maybe 10 yards away from you. If they're anything inside of that, then you, you should be lethally engaging at that point anyway, if they're a threat. So don't think that you could take a shot. Then you've got to ask yourself, all right, well, my odds of missing a leg are a lot higher than the odds of missing the center of a chest. So you're accountable for every single round that leaves your firearm. Mm -hmm. And if your odds of missing that leg are greater than missing the chest and your odds of hitting the chest were already way less than half, usually around a quarter, 15 to 25%, then you're just, you're opening yourself up to a world of hurt because you're basically shooting into whatever area is behind your, your threat, which is usually not as clean as just a concrete wall. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's just not a good idea, period. It really is And I not. don't think I've seen um, any targets at any of the ranges that I've been to that's got legs dangling down. They don't put legs surprised. on <laughs> They don't put legs on those targets. There's a reason the targets are, I think, set up the way that they are. You know, it's center mass. That's what we aim for. We want to stop the threat. Yeah. Well, and I think that's another thing, too. It's, it's shoot to stop the threat. So some people say, well, do I unload my magazine? Do I just take one shot and then try to turn around and leave? You know, I mean, I I think there's, do you guys touch on that at all with the carry guard training? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you want to engage the threat until the threat is no longer a threat 
or until you can no longer safely engage the threat or until you no longer have a threat to engage, right? So that could mean a number of different things. Um, you know, it could mean that the threat is now behind a piece of cover and you cannot identify them clearly as a threat and what is around uh, them and in between you and them. Um, now, in the context that most of us think about it, we can just think about it as I'm going to shoot until that threat is no longer a threat. So uh, that means that I'm going to pull that trigger until I, I no longer need to pull that trigger, meaning I'm going to pull that trigger until they can no longer you know, do me harm or do uh, that third party harm who I'm defending. So you're going to pull the trigger until the threat is no longer a threat. And that typically is going to take, uh, you know, t- statistically speaking, it's going to take a few shots to take a threat down. Now, you're also statistically going to miss most of your shots, right? So A, get more training so that you, so you don't fall into that category. Yeah. Um, but you got to be prepared that you might have to pull that trigger six, seven, eight, nine times just to take out one threat that, that was you know trying to kill you. So accept that and don't just, you're not just going to engage the target with one shot and then hold off and assess it and see what happened, you know, especially if they are either close to you with a bladed weapon or, a, you know, a baseball bat or something, or if they've got a firearm in their hand, you know, you cannot, you're doing yourself a disservice by, you know, taking one shot and kind of waiting to see what happens because they've got a firearm, right? They're trying to kill you. Right. You wouldn't be engaging them. So, you know, take take several shots in the center mass area until and take as many as you need to. You know, why did you why did you take eight shots? Well, seven wasn't enough, and nine would have been too many. It's it's actually pretty simple, right? So, I took the amount of shots I had to take because it, that's what it took. Any less would have been not enough, and any more would have been too much. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's like so I feel like we literally just like stuck our toe in the pool and we haven't even like taken a dive into the water yet. And I know that I I just have this feeling that the women and the people that are listening to this episode are just going to say, okay, I want more. I need more. I need more. I need more. They're going to have a lot more questions, which is great. But yeah, I think it kind of opens up all all the extra what if and then what about this? Because everyone's experienced something a little bit different just in terms of their own like environment. Yeah. Well, you know what we need to do next? Next episode, we do need to get a lawyer on because then we got to talk about, okay, you've pulled the trigger. Now what? Now what? Like, Do you get the hell out of there or do you got to stay around to talk to the cops? I mean, there's just, (laughs) there's a whole nother episode right there to to talk about. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. We've just dipped the toes in the water. So uh, there's so much more that we could discuss. But I, I hope that some of these pictures that we've painted help people process, you know, when can I pull the gun out? When can I not? And just go back well, does, reasonable and wasn't necessary. Well, I think for me too, it it just reinforces what a massive responsibility it mm-hmm. is to have a gun on your body, to get a concealed carry license, to keep a firearm. Like we're not just advocating, ladies and gentlemen, to go and just get a gun. Like this right. is truly a responsibility. If anything, I hope you think about everything that Jeff just said, assessing the situation down to actually pulling the trigger like that's a big decision to make and it's a big responsibility and when you're accountable for every single bullet that leaves that gun that that to me just makes the responsibility even bigger and so i just want to encourage everybody if if you heard something today that you want to learn more about um i think a great place to start would 
be the NRA carry guard. Jeff, where can they go to get more information? How do they sign up for these classes? Yeah, go to nracarryguard.com and you can click on the training tab. And uh, there you will see more information about the classes we offer. And we'll be putting up uh, some new class dates very shortly to give people some more options. Uh, And we do this all over the country. And uh, so you can get information there. You can also uh, view some videos online. If you're a carry guard member, there's uh, some online um, videos you can watch to help that cover some of the stuff we talked about today. And uh, I want to just highlight one thing that you just said, you know, we all have the right to carry thanks to the second amendment, but we have a responsibility to ourselves and to everyone around us to get the proper training. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Are you going to be at NRA Carry Guard Convention coming up? I'll be there. Yep. The Carry Guard Expo, Richmond, Virginia, September 14 through 16. Awesome. Fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to be in the area, you should definitely stop by. Yeah, we heard it was a huge out. success last year, and they're only planning on it being even bigger this year. So, a lot of exciting stuff happening with the Carry Guard program. Jeff, thank you so much for taking time. I. I didn't want you to stop. I wanted you to just keep on going and telling us more and more and, and all that. So um, if you if you want some more information, here's the great thing. Jeff Houston is on Instagram. You can actually follow his personal account at Stand Tall Fight Hard. And you can also go follow his security company, which is Tax 7 USA, because you actually do um, women's courses and do some more training through Tax 7. Right. Yeah, that's correct. We do uh, like women's awareness and women's uh, preparedness training. Awesome. So ladies, if you aren't really sure where to start, maybe jumping right on into the firearm training is not your thing. Take a look at Tax 7 and see what they've got going on. If there's some courses in your area that you want to take, it's a great place to start. Jeff is a fantastic instructor. He's a good buddy of yes, ours. And so we are just thrilled to have you on the show. I hope you come back again and talk about this. I need to take the scenario-based training with you guys. It's time that I get into yeah, a I carry guard course and do it. Yeah, I do too. A great experience. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks again, Jeff. And thank you all for listening to the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast. If you have not done so yet, uh, give us all a follow at Not Your Average Gun Girls. You can follow Emily at Style Me Tactical. You can follow my account, Alexa Athletica, or my personal account at The Amy Robbins. Um, And we want to hear back from you. We want to get your feedback. We want to know what you want to hear on this podcast. We want to know what's relevant to you. You can even tell us if we suck and there's something that we can improve on. (laughs) Won't hurt our feelings. Sure, bring it on. Bring it. Yeah, won't hurt our feelings. We've got tough skin. But hope you guys have a fantastic week. We'll be right back here again next week. Same time, same place. We'll see you there. See you guys. Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and its related companies, Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com, strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.